When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jonathan Zaslow in tonight Yo. for Ian Fitzsimmons here on Hello. Amber and Ian. Uh, you're going to be nicer to me than that, Zaz, right? I am known to be a very nice guy. You have nothing to worry about. Everybody you don't have me. to be, though. <laughs> I've been doing radio with you for a really long time. You have not always been a nice guy. That's for sure. But you're going to be nice tonight. And the world needs a little bit more nice, especially, I would imagine, Ravens fans and Lions fans. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Are we at a point yet where you think they're getting up this morning? They're making their coffee. They're going out the door and they're actually thinking about work yet. I mean, at what point does it leave you a little bit? Ooh, well, I'll see. It's weird for us, right? Because we work in sports. Our job is to talk about sports. And if our team loses a huge game, season's over, and then we got to go to work the next day, we then have to talk about our team losing. So at least the Lions fan who's definitely crushed, the Ravens fan who's definitely crushed. Their job probably does not entail them talking about the awful thing that hurt them yesterday, you know? So, like, when, I, when my team's lost big and I'm driving into work the next day, it was like, I, this, is, this is awful. Like, I know everyone, they envy jobs of people like us, right, mm-hmm. where we get to talk about sports. It weren't envying me on those days. Like, that's awful having to go to work and talk about the misery. Yeah, you can't escape it at all. Right. You have to live in it, and you have to relive right. it, and you have to relive every second of it, that's and you bad. have to revel in it. That is one of the downsides of this job. I mean, another downside is that your job sometimes feels a bit dependent on the outcome of your team. Now, this isn't so applicable here at ESPN, but when you and I worked in local markets, it certainly was more, right? Where I know you felt this. When you and I were on 790 The Ticket for years, we were on the Miami Heat flagship station. And quite literally, our radio show would do better when the Miami Heat were doing better. So it was this weird thing where you and I were huge Heat fans, but quite literally, our livelihood depended on this damn team doing well. So if they would lose, totally. especially in the finals or in the playoffs, totally. or like these epic, it just was so soul crushing. I'm very critical of LeBron James these days, right? Not necessarily for what he does on the floor for the for the play for his game. He's amazing still, but I'm very critical of LeBron these days. People say, "Zlo, you hate LeBron." No, I don't. I'd have to be a huge ingrate to hate LeBron James because LeBron, having been in my city for those four years, was the biggest boom to my career. Me personally was LeBron James being in Miami. I'm probably not where I am today if not for him coming to South Florida and what it meant for all of us down there and 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 all of that, you know? So it it, it affects us, obviously, but from a hey, by the fan way, I was perspective... On with- 
Yeah, well, I was on with Aaron Goldhammer yesterday. It was co-hosting mm-hmm. with him. And him he's too. In Cleveland. And he said that when LeBron left the first time, when he left Cleveland, he came down to us in the Miami. The city vanished. The, the city, that it, it, was, it, it that it was the worst. That it was the worst loss of his life because also he thought his career was going to fade yeah. into oblivion. All of a sudden, yeah. he wasn't going to be doing Sports Center hits like he had been when LeBron was in his city. Right. And to be that tied to it. Is incredibly difficult. So his loss was our gain, right? And that's how I felt. I mean, one of the worst losses that I guess I've suffered then in my fanfare was from a Miami Heat perspective wasn't even 2011. It was 2014 then because that cost us LeBron, right? And I felt like yeah, but you didn't know it in the moment. Ah, you kind of, you didn't know it, know it, but I kind of knew it. You know, I didn't feel great about our standing with him at that point, and it felt a little bit like we were going to lose him then, which 2011 clearly did not at any point feel like that. So I, I almost think that the 2014 one was a little worse. The worst I've ever felt was it, it was after, it, with all my favorite sports teams, and I'm a Miami guy, so I love all the Miami teams. The worst I ever felt was the Heat loss with Shaq in the Eastern Conference Finals in 05. And I remember the next day driving into work, just like Lions fans are driving into work the next day, just like Ravens fans are driving into work the next day. But I'm driving into work the next day, and I am crushed. My, my, my soul is crushed, my heart. And I remember driving to work in the morning, and I'm like, I, I'd rather be anywhere but going somewhere where I'm forced to talk about this pain that I'm feeling right now. I got I gotta think I gotta think it's it's the worst the Lion a Lions fan has ever felt, right? Definitely really bad for Ravens fans, but they've won a couple Super Bowls. It's gotta be and look, if you measure up the two losses, I think the Ravens loss is worse. But yeah. I think the Lions fan is 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 crushed and I don't know how long that's gonna last for them. Which is weird because they should feel better. I mean, really, with what they accomplished. I mean, the reason that they're crushed is because they were finally in a position to care, right? They had, they finally had something to give a darn about in the postseason, and they finally had real hope and belief that that team could make it to a Super Bowl. That's something that they hadn't experienced a lot of them in their entire lifetimes, quite literally. So the reason it hurts so much is because it felt so good at one point. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. So America... What is your worst loss that you have experienced as a sports fan? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. For me, I think I would have to go with my Florida Gators because I bleed orange and blue. And for me, growing up particularly, I bled orange and blue. And when you're a kid, I think all of this stuff feels 10 times worse, too, because you don't have the life perspective that sometimes for some of us anyways comes with sports as you age maybe not well, and you didn't grow uh, up with pro teams so the gators the school was gators were life everything were life everything i mean it's the whole reason i'm sitting here i mean gators football was everything to me it was i i say it was the first love of my life and it truly truly was the 1996 fiesta bowl which was the gators first shot at a national title 
and they got absolutely worked right, so you're, by that you're Nebraska a teenager. Team. What, what are you, a freshman in high school at that point? Or are you maybe in your last year of middle school? Six. No, my 96, I would have still been in middle school. All right, so maybe like last year of middle school. And, uh, and so, we don't need to get too specific, uh, you know. <laughs> all right, I mean, I didn't, I didn't ask you your weight here, all right? I mean, your age, it's not that big a deal, all right? Everyone was once 14 years old, all right? <laughs> I graduated high school in 2001, so you do the math. Uh, 1996, I was in middle school. And yes, it was Florida, Nebraska, Nebraska. It was Tommy Frazier's team. You yeah. remember that damn Cornhuskers team? Yeah. That, like, I don't even know how they lost a game between 1993 and 1996. It, they were so good back then. So how long does it take 13-year-old Amber to recover because I'm also interested in that from the Lions fan especially but also the Raven fan like how long did it take you to recover from the devastation like what what was the rest of your you, you got to go to school the next day or may, do your parents let you stay home from school like what was it like uh I'm not did I like ever recover from it I don't am I recovered from it now I <laughs> I don't know if I've ever fully recovered from it I mean I guess you know going on to win other national championships. Yeah, I think that's when you helped. recover. That's so, when you recover. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. all right, but Lions can I also fans. can I also say There's something hope. about the Lions fan and when the Ravens fan? When you finally win a Super Bowl, you'll be good. Uh, that's, I mean, that's so bleepy to say. If I can also say a major difference between what the Lions fan is going through and what the Ravens fan is going through. There's going to get to a point where the Lions fan is going to look back on this season very, very, very fondly. They're going to realize this was an amazing year. I really loved this experience. The Raven fan's not going to feel that way about this season. The Raven fan's never going to feel that way about this season. This season will only look be looked back upon as a massive failure. And eventually the Lions fan's going to look back and be like, damn, that was that so was awesome. good. It was yeah. so good. I, I, that's, I, I, it's why I think the Ravens' loss is so much worse. Because I get worse. that here on Tuesday, two days removed, Lions fans aren't ready to do that. But I wholeheartedly agree with you that they're going to look back on this thing fondly overall. That yeah. the hell of a ride that it was. And it was. And they'll look back on it incredibly fondly, especially if they end up competing in the postseason here over the next few years. Not even necessarily winning a Super Bowl, but if they tend to be one of those teams that's actually a contender every year to some But you can't say that. that in that sport. You never you know. You, you can't cannot. say you that. You can never know. So we will see what happens. But with the Ravens, they were supposed to... Like, they were supposed to do that, right? I mean, it wasn't like, oh, hell of a run. And it's going to be an embarrassing MVP award that is handed to Lamar Jackson. It's going to be like Dirk Nowitzki in 2007, where the Mavs were the best team, and he was undisputed MVP that year, and they lost in the first round to the the We Believe Warriors, and they hand him his trophy in the second round, like, uh, via satellite, because he's not playing anymore. Like, that's what it's going to feel like with Lamar Jackson. Right. So coming up next here on Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. We will take your phone calls. What is the worst loss that you have ever experienced as a sports fan? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's next here on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Reveling in the misery around here tonight on ESPN Radio. Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow is filling in for Ian tonight. The Ravens and Lions fans, some of them may feel like they just witnessed the worst loss that they've ever witnessed as a fan on Sunday. And we are asking you, America, what is the worst loss in your entire fandom that you have ever experienced? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Jason is calling us from Phoenix. Hey, Jason, what's your worst loss? Uh, you know what? I'm from Detroit and say this is probably the second one here, but uh, the worst one was uh, in 88 in the finals when the Pistons lost to the Lakers in game seven. Yeah, game yeah, sevens are brutal. Those are those are terrible losses. Now, it only took the Piston fan uh, a year to get over it because then you won back-to-back the very next two years. Yeah, and I think that that's the barometer here because we were having a conversation about – When do you get over it? And I think when you get over it depends on what happens in the future. So I don't know if there's any indication how long this thing is going to go for either the Lions fan or the Ravens fan. Lions fans never felt this way before. Right. They, they, most of them have never felt this way, but there's also a beauty in that. That's good. Right. I mean, you want to be in a position to get disappointed. There's only two teams every year that aren't disappointed. And really, at the end of the season, only one that isn't disappointed. But in terms of the conference championships, obviously, there's only two that aren't disappointed. The Lions fan got that far, right? And so can they get over that hump next time? Fine. But you want to be. I mean, listen, you and I haven't seen our Miami Dolphins win a playoff game, Zazzle, in what, 24 years? Like, I would love to be disappointed in the AFC Championship. Give me that disappointment at this point. I am crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, you're asking to have your heart ripped out. I'm not going to do that. I'm I'm not trying to... To, to have my heart ripped out of my chest. It'd be nice to have an opportunity. I think it'd be nice to have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, if that's what you're saying. But I'm not inviting, you know, that this feeling that Lions fans and Ravens fans are going through right now. Better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. Which, by the way, that is a bunch of bullpucky. Yeah, uh, in certain scenarios, that. that is not good advice. Triple eight, say, like, sometimes it's just better not to have loved. Triple eight, say ESPN, Allen. live alone? Yeah, hey, get, sometimes that's happier. Allen is calling us from Cleveland, Ohio. Allen, what's your worst loss? Man, um, you know when you start talking about loss and misery, a Cleveland fan has Oh, uh, you got a list. In. We don't have enough time for I you, Allen. You got a whole list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give you the first one. The first word when I was a kid, I was I'm, I'm old enough to remember when Ernest Biner uh, yep. fumbled on the one Hold yard on line. Ball, man. That come on, that that was a heartbreaker. But I was so young, like you said, I didn't understand it, um, and it just hurt. I can remember crying my eyes out. But when I in 2016, um, right after the the Cavs won the championship, we thought we were gonna double up with the Indians in the World Series. 
and we were up 3-1 on the Chicago Cubs. I was actually at the game seven, surrounded by nothing but Chicago Cubs. And weren't you ahead in the ninth inning, too? You guys had the lead in the ninth, right? Well, we tied it up in the ninth off of a big home run. We tied it up 5-5. Um, and here we are. The momentum was swinging our way. All the fans were going crazy. We looked at the Cubs fans. You could see the misery on their face because they were just like Indians fans. They were used to breaking down and losing in, in big moments. And can you believe it? The rain comes. And the rain delay stopped our momentum. The rain lasted probably 10 minutes, but it stopped our momentum. And there's a story of this, like, rousing speech that happened in the Chicago Cubs locker room, and they came back out the rain delay and won the game. So I'm interested, Alan, how long did it take you to recover from it as a fan? But that's not totally fair because he did just get a title from the Cavs the same year. So I feel like that lessens the pain a little bit there, Alan. Let him tell you. You know what? For for all the heartbreak we've experienced in Cleveland, we had gone over 50 years without a title. We felt like we were owed a couple. And so we thought that this double up would just kind of wipe away all the pain. And no, it did not. I'm still struggling from it because, again, I was there. I witnessed it. It's stuck in my memory forever. Until the tribe gets one or the Browns get another, get one, it's going to stick with me. I'm, I'm still not over it. Thanks for the call, Alan. We appreciate you. Triple Eight, say ESPN. The Cleveland story is always a good one. Uh, San Diego has had some heartbreak as well. That is where Don is calling us from. Hey, Don, what's your biggest heartbreak? Hi, everybody. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, just briefly, I want to say that as an intellectual, I love listening to you speak. You're, you're brilliant, and this, your words are, are, well, are well put together. It's, it's, it's a pleasure. Thank um, you. For me, I started, I became a fan in, in, in 1979, and Cowboys were the reigning football champions, and this was going to you know, make us the greatest team in history, uh, even though we still are. Uh, that loss that we lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Super Bowl, I still blame Jackie Smith. Walter Starbucks, he has too much class. I don't have the problem. I still blame him. But, gosh, that, that, that still hurts to this day as a Cowboys fan. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, there's uh, quite a few heartbreaks that Cowboys fans could reference. But at least then you were in a Super Bowl, right? I mean, yeah. I, I guess there's a For me, though. Me that, like, what would Cowboys fans, wouldn't they kill to be in a Super Bowl right now? You know, you know like, what, Amber? Losing a Super even if it meant losing? You know what? I don't I'll, I'll tell you the way that I look at that. And we had, you know. With the Miami Heat, they've been in the finals twice the last four years. The Panthers were in the Stanley Cup final last year. For yeah, me, it was so fun. It was so fun. Oh, it was amazing. But for me, I'm a lot less heartbroken when my team loses in the championship round than if they lose before that. I wonder if that makes sense to people because I feel like if you get to the championship round, okay, we're here. We did it. We have the opportunity. Let the best team win. If you lose before that, you feel like, man, we should have had that opportunity. We were good enough to get there, and we blew it. We didn't make it. To me, it hurts more falling short of the championship round than even being that close and not winning the whole thing. That's how I, I tend, experience it. I tend to agree, but I think it's based on expectations because you and I have warm, fuzzy feelings about what the Heat have done here over the last four years, but also because you and I didn't expect the Heat with these versions of the Heat, frankly, to be in an NBA Finals. So when they were able to do that on the back of Jimmy Butler and then they lost, it was like, oh, well, that was a hell of a run, right? I mean, they, they left it all on the floor. What else could they have done? That's a very different experience than we had in 2011 or in 
2014. Like those yeah. big three teams, we were. Yeah, I don't look back fondly at either of those. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't feel fondly about those runs. So I think some of it is based on expectation and personnel. Brad is calling us from Texas. Hey, Brad, what's your worst loss? 1993 Houston Oilers at the Buffalo Bills, 35 to three in the third quarter. And Jim Kelly is not the quarterback. It is Frank Reich who engineers the largest comeback in NFL playoff history. And we have never, as a Houston franchise, been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, uh, I remember, Amber, exactly where I was watching that game. I was 11 or 12 years old. Matter of fact, the Bills went on to go to the Super Bowl, obviously lose, go to the Super Bowl. They beat the Dolphins in the championship round. The last time the Dolphins were ever in a championship round was that year, that team, that Frank Reich, that beat the Houston Oilers 35-3 early in the third. I remember exactly where I was watching that. I, I, I mean, he remembered every detail of that game. That's how you know it's a brutal loss. Kevin is calling us from Kentucky. Kevin, you got 30 seconds. What's your loss? Yeah, I'm calling from Kentucky. I'm a U.K. basketball fan and a Las Vegas, formerly Oakland Raiders fan. So I got two of them for you, Leitner Mm -hmm. and Tuck Rule. Can it get much worse than that? The Leitner one is very rough. Yeah. Very rough. That is brutal. Uh, And then the Tuck Rule also. I mean, you've got, yeah, he's got two two pretty bad ones. Man, there is a lot of heartbreak lining up on our phone lines. I I wish we had time to just continue to revel in all of this heartbreak. I wonder if it's making Lions and Ravens fans feel a little bit better today. Yeah, we're a community. We're we're having a meeting. All right, come over here. We're all going to talk. You don't have to speak if you don't want to. And we're all going to go through it together. It's a community of misery. Coming up next, there's plenty to unpack around the NFL. The Lions coaching staff appears to be staying together. That's next on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Ladies and gentlemen, with all due respect, it was a choke job. Let's just call it what it is. What is the definition of a choke job? It's doing what you always do until the moment arrives, and then you don't. Lamar Jackson is not the same in the postseason as he is in the regular season. Simple as that. He is worse. He's the reason why they lost this game. When we start outlining or we do the pie chart, when we start assigning blame for why the Ravens lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, Lamar is going to have the biggest slice of the pie. No one uses, with all due respect, better than Stephen A. Smith. It cracks me up when I hear, with all due respect, it was a choke job. That is the most Stephen A. thing ever said. With all due respect, Lamar completely blew it. But you with know, all due respect. You know something really <laughs> bad is coming whenever he says with all due respect. Yeah, for sure. Whenever he's, he's about to eviscerate somebody or some team when he says with, with all due respect means very much there ain't no respect here. Yeah, has anyone ever said with all, all due respect and then not said something super disrespectful? <laughs> no. That's how you have to get away with it, though. You got to yeah, set it right. up like that. So yeah, with all yeah. due respect, ESPN NFL analyst Andrew Hawkins joins us here on Amber and Ian. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian. 
Ian tonight. And Hawk, thanks so much for your time. We were taking calls last segment on the worst loss that fans have experienced because these are some brutal losses that Lions fans and Ravens fans just experienced. So I'm guessing, I know it's always a little bit different with players. A lot of players aren't crazed fans like the rest of us. So I don't know if you have a heartbreaking loss as a fan, but what about as a player? What was your worst, most heartbreaking loss ever throughout your entire football career? Worst, most heartbreaking loss was wild card playoffs 2013 against the San Diego Chargers in Cincinnati. We had a home game. We had our best team in Cincinnati in like a decade. I believe we were uh, uh, maybe 11 or 12 win team at the time. Had a home playoff game. We didn't even sell the stadium out. And the Chargers traveled all the way from San Diego and knocked us off in the first round. I grew up a Bengals fan. So I grew up a Bengals fan. Been for the Bengals my whole life. My first NFL team. And this was a moment where it was all stacked in our favor. And we took an L and I'm still not over it. <laughs> oh, you, you see, I love that you say that, Hawk, because fans – Fans like hearing that, man, from players. Fans take the losses so hard, and not that anyone wishes you to feel terrible about something, but I, I think fans fans like knowing, or at least thinking, that the player is just as affected as they are. No, for sure. I, I think it varies because, you know, this is a unique scenario because how many players actually get to play professionally for their childhood team? That was my reality. So there was, like, a little bit of an extra oomph for me being a Bengal after, again, spending my whole life rooting for a team that was not very good in my younger years. So I did have a little fan in me as well as the player. But I think for the majority of players, you feel that anguish that fans feel after loss whenever you don't perform well because you put so much into it to go out there and play at your best. So typically, if I go out – did we just lose Hawk? I think he just dropped. So we will try to get Andrew Hawkins back on with us. Uh, it's interesting. I wondered, Zazlo, if he was going to go with mm-hmm. something that happened in high school to him or childhood. Because with professional athletes, you never know because of what you just alluded to. Is it a job to them? Right. Or is it hyper-emotional? Because... I, it's easy to say it, but at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're getting paid for their job, right? The, the paycheck's still cashing at the end of the day, even if they lose that game. And, of course, they all want to go on and they all want to win. But I wonder if you're in it and you know how hard it is because you have better perspective, frankly, than fans on how difficult it is. If the heartbreak from that perspective for some players is lessened, but in something like high school football, it's probably you probably don't have that perspective. I like I like knowing that my players are are affected and feel terrible about it. I mean, Hawk says he still feels bad today, but that's also because he grew up a fan. That's a funny one too. Like when he goes home and his entire family, like, are they also Bengals fans? They're like all so upset. He's like, Man, I was in this thing. All right, you're upset. <laughs> I'm upset. I'm I'm in it, and we right. lost. Oh, I think so. I think it. I would imagine that these former players are so annoyed by us, you and me even, if we sit up here and we're like, oh, man, we're so heartbroken. Like, we're so heartbroken the Dolphins got tossed in the wild card. It's like if you played in the game, you're like, you're heartbroken. I was one out there 
putting my butt on the line each and every play. How are you heartbroken? At least for you and I, we're so emotionally invested in this stuff as fans, but we're not physically invested in this stuff. And I would imagine that probably takes it up a notch. I don't know if you have much experience being physically invested in things, Aslan. I don't know why you're saying something like that. I mean, so I'm going to try not to take it as disrespect. (laughs) Oh, with all due respect. I don't know. See, it doesn't work in reverse. It wasn't going to work if you prefaced it with that either, but it definitely doesn't work in reverse. <laughs> Taking a page out of Stephen A. Smith's playbook. With all due respect. With it all was due a respect, joke job. you should be embarrassed. <laughs> with all due respect. It's like, all right, well, it's not respectful what you're about to say. With so all due respect, your performance was a disgrace. It's the best. Uh, that's why. Uh, that's why he's the best. That's why he makes so much money here. Triple H say ESPN, if you want to join into the conversation about what is the worst loss you have ever suffered as a fan, 888-729-3776. Ryan is giving us a call from Denver. Ryan, what's your worst loss? So February of 2015, I was in Vegas with my fiance and my parents looking at uh, wedding venues because we were going to get married there. And my buddy called me and said he had uh, an extra ticket to the Super Bowl, so I rented a car and drove to Phoenix and uh, watched the Seahawks throw an interception on the one-yard line. Oh, that was a brutal one. Being there in person, I guess, makes it sting that much more. And we've had several callers say that, Zaslow, that the worst loss because they were there, right? We had the guy from Cleveland call oh, in. Well, is- yeah, I got the Cavs championship that season, but it was the Indians loss that bothers me so much because I was there for Game 7. Being there is so bad because – and this is why I I refuse to take trips as a sports fan to, to see my team play on the road because if they lose in that game and you spend all the money, the airfare, the hotel, the tickets to go to the game – by the way, has anyone checked what the tickets are so far in the secondary market for the Super Bowl? I mean, you have to sell a kidney. It, it, you, you have to go to the black market and sell organs to afford these Super Bowl tickets. But I'll never understand you go to a game that your team loses and then you're leaving the stadium and then people are like, ah, but you know what, I still had a great time. To me, that's not a great experience. When you go to the game and your team ends up losing, let alone in a heartbreaking fashion, uh, that's that not fun to me. No, that's not know, fun to me. Don't, I don't get it. You can't go to games – expecting to win them. You know, last year I went to Buffalo, right, to watch the Dolphins play the Bills in Buffalo. I had never been to Orchard Park. I had never been to Buffalo, New York, period. It was so, so fun. Cold. I it mean, they live, they live on the wall in Game of Thrones. It's so cold. <laughs> uh, it was very cold, especially for us Floridians. I loved it, but I also love traveling cold places because, you know, I've lived here my whole life. Uh, it's that. fun. In snippets. In snippets, it's fun. Shoveling snow, probably not fun. Uh, you don't have to shovel it, though, if you just visit it. So I thought it was a very fun trip. I really enjoyed you the enjoyed, town of Buffalo. You enjoyed watching the team, your, your team lose like that? And that's the thing about it. Overall, I wouldn't change a second of that trip other than, sure, the result. It would have been hella more fun had the Dolphins won. But don't forget, we were playing well with, like, Skylar Thompson under center. What am I, me. I'm going to be upset that we lost that game. I'm, I'm shocked we were in that game. And I couldn't have flown to Buffalo expecting to win that game. That's a fool's errand. When I made the decision to buy the plane tickets and spend the money on the Airbnb. I had to know that there was a significant risk there involved with us losing. And we did lose, but I made such a fun trip out of it. It was fine. It was a hell of an experience. It was cool being in that stadium. I just love sporting events. 
So I lo- I would go to every away game, frankly, that's not, if I could. That's not, that's not fun to me. And maybe it has to do with because after the loss, at least you're getting on the plane and you're sitting uh, you know, in the mint section at the front of the plane. I'm sitting in the middle seat and coach on the way back. That's what I'll have to look <laughs> forward to. That's not true. I was not flying first class. I was with my kids. Settled down. I, I, I did in college – drive take a road trip with my brother and a bunch of our friends and we that's, rented an that's RV. a little different in college that's different no but this that's was this was same. bad we rented an rv and we drove all the way to starkville mississippi for the gators to play in mississippi state and mississippi state beat us i listened to the damn cowbells the entire time that is a horrible experience you listen to cowbells you go deaf the entire game then they stormed their own field and ripped down the goalposts while we stood there and watched and we were supposed to sleep in this rv all like piled on top of each other in this rv we were so depressed we drove through the night to biloxi mississippi so that we could gamble triple h say espn that's how you tell us about your worst losses as a fan. CD is calling us from Hotlanta. Hey, CD, thanks for the call. What's your worst loss? Yeah, I mean, this is something that's probably going to be easy for you guys to figure out. But, uh, you know, and I've never called into a, a, a radio station ever. But when I heard this topic come up, I, you know, it, I just just terror and nightmares started coming back up. So I had I already know what it is. I just felt the urge to call in. And it, it's we the twenty-eight guess. to three. Yeah, you know, 20, that, I was going to say twenty-eight to three. No, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to guess. How could you? I, 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 it makes all the sense. Yeah, that that game. You know, I'm 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 Atlanta everything. So Hawks, Braves, Falcons, and I and I'm a Georgia Tech fan. So there's a lot of heartbreak in all of those teams, and a lot of losses that stayed with me for a day, two, maybe sometimes three. But that twenty-eight to three, I've never never experienced a loss that affected me so yeah that's terribly. unrecoverable and it was that's unrecoverable yeah and it it lasted with me for a couple weeks in atlanta sports talk what made it worse cuz i listened to sports talk every day atlanta sports talk they all felt it the whole city felt it and it all all anybody talked about for for the next couple weeks was that loss and it, and how devastating it was you see I mean, that's I, another thing I mean, anytime somebody brings it up Anytime somebody brings it up or I hear something about that game come up on Sports Talk because it always comes up, I'm just like, oh. Yeah, it always comes up because it's one of the worst losses any of us have seen. I mean, I am not a Falcons fan, and I felt terrible after witnessing that for days, right? So it's one of those losses that just uh, you remember. So, CD, are are you still with us? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so how long? So you said it took you a few days. Were you oh, over you said in a few, few weeks? Days? Well, it was, no, no. So it was it was a couple of it, there was a couple of weeks of just like this this weight and sadness. Like I said, with all the sports talk and everything, he stayed home. He and lost then it's his one job. of those things. Yeah, <laughs> and it's one of those things that still stays with you because anytime it comes up, you just you feel it again. Well, you see that that right there, Amber, is what makes it infinitely worse because. That's that's what we call in the Zaslow Mansion. That's what we refer to as a forever loss. Yeah, nobody's ever going to forget about it. Twenty-eight nope. to three. Everybody knows what you're talking about. And I Patriot the- fans and probably you know rival fans, they're going to be able to throw that in your face literally eh, for the rest of your life. So many those guys. They've had so many. But right when CD started talking, I knew exactly what he was going to say. Oh, By please. the way, shameless plug. <laughs> since CD was calling from Hotlanta, my brother 
open the biggest card store in the country in Atlanta, right next to the Brave Stadium. If you collect sports cards, Cards HQ, there you go. Shameless plug. It's my show. I can do what I want. It opens in two days. We will continue with your phone calls. Triple eight, say ESPN. What is the worst loss you have suffered as a sports fan? Plus, Kendrick Perkins has oh. said some crazy stuff Perk. today. What is the craziest thing that Perk has said? That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Kendrick Perkins floated the idea of some crazy trades as we head towards the NBA trade deadline. Today, we will get into crazy things said by Kendrick Perkins just today alone right here. I on like ESPN. this segment. We're going to, I want to turn it into something crazy things Perk said, you know, like we got to get the imaging for it and rank the things how one to 10 on a scale of craziness or whatever. We could have a lot of fun with this thing because Perk's never afraid to float the ideas. And he floated some ideas today that I haven't frankly heard anybody else to talk about. Jonathan Zaslow, he is filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons here on Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Speaking of the NBA, we've got it right here on ESPN Radio. Lakers at Celtics, that game tips off Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. So no Amber and Ian on Thursday. Lakers at Knicks Saturday, that game tips off 8 p.m. Eastern. Both of those games right here on ESPN Radio. Triple eight, say ESPN. We were taking your phone calls about what's the worst loss you have ever suffered as a fan. Brandy is kind enough to call us from Sacramento. Hey, Brandy, what's your loss? Hey, how's it going, Amber and Jonathan? Oh, man, the Sacramento I mean, Kings losing against the Lakers, and yeah. I believe I'm bad with years, but I believe it's 2002. Lottie Divock tried to do the Magic Johnson, flip the ball down the other end of the court at the last second, and Good old Robert Ory intercepted the ball and shot that dagger. Yeah, and that was, what, game four, because it made the series 2-2. Sacramento was going to go up 3-1, and it didn't get any better for you guys the rest of the way because you had that game seven where there was like a 1,000 fouls called on the Kings and the Lakers committed zero fouls. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, that's a rough one. Uh, absolutely. A heartbreak, an NBA heartbreak. Well, Kendrick Perkins wants to break Warriors fans' hearts because he's pretty convinced the dynasty of Golden State is over. A lot of people pretty convinced of that this season. I mean, right now, they're sitting at 12th. take a lot of convincing right now, Amber. <laughs> they're sitting at 12th in the Western Conference, 19 and 24. They ain't good, okay? Steph Curry is on that team. He's very, very good. But Kendrick Perkins thinks that he should go somewhere else. Take a listen to Perk on the Pat McAfee show today. Now, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you what could be magical, right? The Lakers are struggling. The Warriors are struggling. No. I mean, people just keep saying that Steph would never do it. But I just want to know how much is Steph going to take with the Warriors struggling, with all the distractions, with everything that's going on, before he had that conversation with the front office and say, hey, what are we doing? Does Steph have the, you know, the the kahunas to say, I want to get traded? Boy, him and Brian James and Steph Curry, wouldn't that be love? Oh, Adam okay. Silver just oh, stood up in his skims and was like, wait, but, but he wouldn't do it. But Steph wouldn't do it because Steph is not that type of guy. He is go to stay. He's not a vocal True. type of guy, but it's, it makes so much sense mm-hmm. to me. You know, it's Amber, it's to me, it's. It's not about having the cojones to ask out. I think, if anything, it, it takes guts to stay, to to have the cojones to not ask out, to to be part of the city, 
the organization to be one of those guys, Dirk Nowitzki, Reggie Miller, Kobe Bryant, who play, you know, close to 20 years, all for one team. And, you know, in this instance, it's it's not even like a guy like Reggie Miller, who only played for the Pacers and never won. You know, Curry's won four times. It's not exactly like, it's like, oh, guys, come on, I, I deserve to get out of here. Okay, get, what do you mean deserve to get out of here? Everything's gone fantastic. It's right. not your birthright to compete for a championship every single year. I think, honestly, at this point in Steph Curry's career, I think it means more to him to finish out his entire career with the Warriors than it would be to ask out at some point, obviously Perk does not mean this year, to ask out at some point to chase up what would be a fifth you know, championship ring. I, I think it takes guts to not ask out when you get to that point. If Steph Curry wanted to do what LeBron has done and control his destiny by you leave Miami at the end of your contract, you leave Cleveland, you sign those one-year deals, right? You go to the Lakers. Like, he has chosen to leave franchises, but he's also structured his deals in a way to be able to, to do so, and he's provided himself that flexibility. If Steph wants to leave the Warriors in a couple of years, he's only got a couple of years left on his deal, then I don't think that would be that crazy because he has accomplished everything you can accomplish there, and maybe he's not thrilled. But asking out, you're right, that's typically – the player who hasn't won anything. That's typically the Damian Lillard of the world or whomever where you're on a team and you are yourself a superstar, but you can also see the writing on the wall that you're not going to be able to win an NBA title there and you're getting older and the franchise needs to go in a different direction. So it makes sense for everybody. That's a bit of a different situation than the one Steph's in where he won a hell of a lot of things there with Golden State. So you're right. He, it, it's not his birthright to just win titles. It would be fun, though, <laughs> to see him pair up with LeBron James. That would certainly be a hell of a way for the story to end for both of those guys. Kendrick Perkins also said some crazy stuff about our Miami Heat. My thing is with Jimmy Butler, yes, we know what he means to the uh, Heat culture. We know how great of a coach that Eric Sposter is. I understand they had a magical run. I get that. But the writing is on the wall. They're showing the signs right now. They're, like I, I'm picking three teams right now over the Miami Heat that are going to make it, that could beat them in a seven-game series. And I'm saying Jimmy is 34. We cannot waste the rest of his prime waiting to see if the Miami Heat is going to be a sleeper team in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Okay, Perk has me hot now. He has me hot with that take. We are up against it. So I feel like we need to bring that take back and we need to actually give that take its due. It's what, a seven-game skid right now for the Heat? It has looked really oh bad, Zaslow. Awful. Awful. But that take, now that Kendrick Perkins is on national television telling the Heat to trade away Jimmy Butler, that certainly makes it worse. So coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we are going to go back to the NFL. There is a lot to unpack with this loss for the Detroit Lions. Are Lions fans ever going to get over this thing should they feel good about Ben Johnson sticking with that team that's next later in the show we will react to more crazy things that Kendrick Perkins said here on ESPN radio